0: Out loud, a Bristol Post podcast with Michelle Owen and Bristol Rovers reporter Jack Vickles.
1: Yes, welcome to Gassing Out Loud with myself, Michelle Owen, and Jack Vittles is here as well. So much to discuss today, and I don't feel like much of it is going to be too positive, but we'll do our best. Uh, obviously, we to talk about the defeat on Saturday. Jack has been talking a lot about leadership in his Bristol Post articles, and obviously Rovers now three points outside the relegation zone, not a great position to be in. We need to talk about Daryl Clark's reaction. We've got some of your Twitter questions as well, and we have found that there is another Daryl Clark... In the world, uh, Jack, welcome along. Let's talk about Saturday then. I, I read a lot about this defeat to Wimbledon, and you walked in today and said oh, it was just just dreadful.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, it was pretty poor all round. It was probably the worst, the worst 45 minutes I've seen from Rovers since I've been covering them. It was up there with the Shrewsbury first half as well, which was also diabolical. Yeah. But this was just. Yeah, a shambles in the first 45 minutes. The goal inside two minutes was far too easy. And then Rovers really didn't create a huge amount. And they could have been three down inside 20 minutes. Wimbledon missed a couple of open goals. Um, it was just very chaotic. And I think Daryl Clark said afterwards they crumbled. And yeah, it was bang on. They did they just crumbled in the first half. A little bit better in the second half. But by that point, I think... Um, I think Wimbledon was had already gone. settled for the mm. three points; they were fine, yeah.
1: But this is this is a game we've we talked about before. Wimbledon—it's a game that Bristol Rovers need to be winning. You look at where Wimbledon are; they're not doing particularly well, and they come to the Mem and turn Bristol Rovers over.
0: Yeah, I think the alarm bells ring a lot more this weekend than last weekend. You know, they went to Scunthorpe, who are top six away from home. But okay, lose one nil, tough result at the last minute. But this was yeah against a side that are in the bottom four at the start of the day, home at the Mem. They've got a great record there. And, yeah, everything that could have went wrong did go wrong. The only plus side, I suppose, is they got Bowden back on the pitch. And, God, they're going to need him, aren't they?
1: Yeah, we're (laughs) going to be talking about Billy Bowden a little bit later on because that was one of our Twitter questions about him. But uh, reading your articles after and watching your Facebook videos that you do after the game, you talked a lot about leadership or the lack of.
0: Yeah, I think so. It's, It's something that a lot of fans have picked up on in the last few games, particularly as, obviously, the results have gone south. But... Yeah, I think there's a lack of uh, a leadership on the pitch at the moment. Obviously, Tom Lockie is the captain, but he's not the most vocal guy. Um, and also, they're just lacking that that senior pro, the, the guy who's 32, 33, been there, well, done it. Well, Chris Yeah, true, true. He's well, not, in the, he's not he's, in the best of form either, no. though, is he? That's the problem. You've got to find somebody who's going to lead by example as well. And at the moment, none of them are playing well enough mm. to drag people along with them and lead by example. It's a... It's a little bit of a problem, but like you say, the characters are there.
1: Yeah, but, yeah, but <laughs> so these characters are there. We've mentioned a couple of names there. I mean, Tom Lockyer, you know, he's had his Wales cap. Now he should be full of confidence. I know he's not been playing brilliantly from what you've been telling me. Uh, Chris Lines, you know, been there for years. He should be leading by example. You would think what's going on? Where are these players? Why are they missing?
0: Yeah, I, I, it's a great question. I mean, if we knew the answer, I suppose um, Daryl Clark would be straight on the phone, wouldn't he? But we don't, and that's the problem. And now this is Daryl Clark at the moment. He said that obviously he's got to rely on his senior players to get him out of the trouble they found themselves in. Um, Those players like Chris Lyons, Tom Lockyer, Ollie Clark, people that he's relied upon since the conference days. Um, And obviously the question mark is, now are they good enough to keep them up in League One? They were...
1: They were last season. You know, they were more than
0: good enough to come to place, Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Um, But obviously the worry now is that everybody's a year old, although they're still quite young. I think it's just one of those things, everybody's in a bad little trough of form at the same time. And... uh, It's showing in the results That's for sure
1: It's showing in the table as well I mean last time on the podcast We talked about It's not a bad position I think they were mid-table And they were equally Just as far off the playoffs As they were off relegation No need to panic There's probably still no need to panic Because League One is so condensed But If they lose next time out Against Blackburn Rovers And one of the bottom three clubs win I think if Northampton win They're on 18 points Rovers on 21 Well Rovers are going to drop Into the relegation zone
0: Yeah absolutely I, I know People say don't look at the league table, etc. But well, what, you have to. What, what have they played now? 17, 18 games. Yeah. Exactly. So it's over a third of the way through the season. Yeah, three points above the bottom three. Not exactly where they want to be, is it at all? Um, I think they're seven off the top six now. So yeah, you've got to start looking over your shoulder a little bit. Daryl mentioned it on Saturday that you know if things carry on. They will have to look over their shoulder as opposed. Should to they not the be table.
1: looking over their shoulders now? They're three points off for relegation. Zone. Yeah, I
0: think so. But I think obviously it's his job to try and keep everything positive and keep the players up for the fight, as it was. But Yeah, they're only three points off the bottom four, like you say, which isn't great. But uh, I don't think there'll be any massive panic stations just yet. It's still early days and obviously Clark's got a lot of goodwill in the bank for the last three and a half years.
1: Yeah, he has. But despite that, again, there has been murmurings and mentions on social media about his future but you still seem pretty sure Jack that he's the right man for the job and you know you've got to give him the January transfer window haven't you
0: yeah absolutely There's that, that sort of question mark over his future won't go away until they you know, win a couple of games will it it's just the way the way football is um, yeah absolutely he needs January to see what he can do to see if he can sort things out he spoke after the game on Saturday I spoke to him about his future at Bristol Rovers and he, he was in no doubt he's you know I'm up for the fight etc cetera, etc cetera. I'm here to stay I won't be backing out of this club he was very very clear that this is a long term project for him. He signed a five year deal in the summer, yeah. so you know he's he's aware of the fact this is a long term project for him. Uh, I think he'll, I think I stand by that.
1: He always takes such um, responsibility, doesn't he? But what was his reaction on Saturday? Because the last time they lost this heavily against Shrewsbury Town, he said to me that he took complete responsibility for what had happened. What was his thoughts after Saturday for those yeah. that haven't seen?
0: Yeah, kind of similar. He as per usually does take responsibility for it, but he's also mentioned that yeah his players crumbled, particularly in the first half. And he was asked, you know, what do you say to a team after that sort of performance? And he said, well, I can't go in there and tear a strip off them because they'll crumble again. That's not the way you can do it. You know, there'll be harsh words Monday morning on the training ground, harsh, honest words. um, That's what he said. And then they'll try and regroup, I suppose, and reboot is the word, isn't it, he likes to use and, Mm. and go again on Saturday. But yeah, tough times.
1: Yeah, tough times. I mean, eight defeats in nine. It's probably one of the worst form records in the whole of the English Football League, isn't it?
0: Yeah, it's not good. A couple of cup games in there. Which make things makes things look a little bit worse, mm. obviously, but still the league form's been, yeah, poor now for well six or seven weeks since since the Northampton win and Bodin's yeah. injury.
1: I mean, it's weird, isn't it? Because that Northampton win was so emphatic, but since then the wheels have come off.
0: Yeah, exactly. And it, it was you know the buzzword at the start of the season was inconsistent for Rovers. Yeah, <coughs> oh, excuse me, because they were beating Northampton six 0 and then they got turned over by Shrewsbury four 0 they're all over the place, but I think Darrell said on Saturday they're not inconsistent anymore because they're just losing. Yeah, they're just you know, consistent and losing. Yeah, they're just exactly, the wrong type. One of consistency. win in nine, so yeah.
1: Yeah, one win in nine, it's, it's not pretty form. And then going to Blackburn Rovers this weekend, I mean, that's a big ask. They had a bit of an iffy start to the season, but now they've got themselves up amongst the playoff contenders. I else put a Blackburn Rovers win here
0: can you? Yeah it's tough they're up in sixth I think now obviously they don't get huge crowds there now but it's still a big Premier League stadium it's still a slightly daunting task for a Rovers team that's used to playing at the Mairman on smaller grounds and if you look at their record at some of the bigger grounds in this league this season they lost at Portsmouth they lost mm. at Wigan they lost at Bradford um, it doesn't bode well but surely the time has come hopefully for a reaction I think that's what fans will be hoping for there's, there's, they're due a reaction performance.
1: Is the performance when you talk about reaction performance is it sort of, I mean, Jack, you're seeing all these games. You know, is it the case that you're going down the memo, you're watching Rovers away and, and the performance isn't even there either? Is that, is that you know, it's, it's OK for, I guess, Rovers fans, they'd probably be a little bit happier if they saw their team go out, give it 110%, flying into tackles, working for the cause. But from what I've seen, what I've heard, what I've read, that hasn't been the case.
0: Yeah, I think that's, that's the difference in the last two games. So the Scunthorpe game, you couldn't fault their commitment. They, they did give 100%. They got behind the ball, defended well and came within, what, 30 seconds getting a good point. Yeah. But the Wimbledon game, it was just, uh, yeah, very bizarre. There was very little intensity in anything they were doing, particularly in the first half. Do you not like think they are up
1: for it? Do you think they looked at it on paper and thought, we went to Scunny, we almost got uh, a point there, so Wimbledon, <clears throat> that should be a, a little bit easier? Yeah. Is it a mentality maybe, thing?
0: Yeah, maybe. You'd like to think not, wouldn't you? I can't imagine Daryl Clark, somebody that... Let's players get complacent, but uh, yeah, they certainly weren't switched on at all at the start. To concede that goal in whatever it was 90-95 seconds was uh, yeah criminal, really.
1: So going to Blackburn Rovers this weekend, then what do we think? I mean, it's it's probably you know they're probably onto a loser, and it feels horrible speaking that way. But you don't <laughs> feel at the moment you can instill any confidence into looking forward into yeah,
0: these games. It is, it is tough, you know. You've got to stay positive. Obviously, I think. The positives are the fact that this team is much better than they've shown in the last eight or nine games, and they've shown that this season in, in some of the results they've gotten. You know, the good away wins at Bury and away win at Northampton, and there have been results that show that this team has the capability of, of mixing it with the top six. So they've got to go there with that attitude. Um, I'm not sure what sort of side Daryl Clark will pick. He mentioned on Saturday that basically the ones that show the fight on the training round this week are the ones that are going to get the shirt. So right. I think he's looking for a reaction in training even before the game.
1: Rovers did have such a a good home record But after that defeat by Wimbledon now You know, 3-1 at home, losing like that It doesn't exactly set off any alarm bells for teams Come to visit the likes of Rotherham coming soon And then followed by Southend At least it's two home games back-to-back But those teams will be looking at that Wimbledon result And thinking, OK, well the Mem's not such a bad place to go to now
0: Yeah, perhaps I think, you know, Rovers' home form is great over a two or three year period It's not as good as it has been this season I think that's a real saving grace. They've got two home games, first two games in December, and they've got to be targeting yeah four or even six points from them just to get themselves with a little bit of momentum before obviously Christmas and fixtures every other day basically.
1: And then after Christmas, we have the January transfer window, something we haven't really talked about yet, but we'll need to start talking about. Uh, I had a question on Twitter from Carl who said, "Will Billy Bowden be here in January?" Jack, there was an offer in summer. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I think he'll be here. I think he'll be there. I think he'll stay. Um, yeah, obviously, there was an offer in the summer, which the club described as derisory. Um, they turned that down. Speaking to Bodin himself as well in the summer, he had absolutely no intentions of leaving. He had no idea if offers had been tabled. He was not even contemplating. He wasn't the even idea.
1: looking to leave then? No, not at all.
0: Not at all. So, obviously, I think a high priority might be getting him signed to a new contract um, and to either, well, either tie him down or, of course, increase a bid if it does come in in the summer. But I think. Perhaps, although the injury obviously didn't do Rovers any good on the pitch, maybe it'll just put some teams off him a little bit in January and uh, Rovers can benefit from having him back.
1: Another question on Twitter was, has Daryl Clark shown too much loyalty to the players that played in the conference that are now finding it a struggle in League One? But we talked about this earlier and they were fine in League One last year.
0: Yeah, well this is it. I know a lot of fans, particularly on this bad run, have said, oh well we've only got a few conference players anyway that are the senior players because they were the ones that got us out of the conference, which they did get. Rovers out of the conference obviously and out of League League 2 and 10th place in League 1 last year so they're good enough to do it they're not over the hill at all they're young players you look at the ages of you know Lockyer's 22 Ellis Harrison's young everybody else is you know 30 or under pretty much
1: Okay, let me ask you this then just on Tom Lockyer is he the right man for the captaincy?
0: Good question at the moment you'd have to say on current form probably not who would you give it to? Again, great question. That's that's, <laughs> that's that's the problem, isn't it? This is this is the thing. I've seen more a lot...
1: questions than answers at the moment. Aren't they? I know, it's so hard.
0: And that's, that just shows where they are. A lot of people, a lot of fans I've spoken to say, perhaps you know, Lockie doesn't need the captaincy anymore. Shouldn't have the captaincy anymore. Allowing to concentrate getting his form. He's a young
1: captain.
0: Yeah, he's only twenty-two. He he speaks very well. Whenever I speak to him, um, I don't know how vocally he's on the pitch. Um, but then, you know, not all captains no. are screamers and shouters, mm-hmm. are they? So I'm sure he does a lot of good stuff outside of match as well, but. Yeah, sort of uh, options around the pitch. I think Daryl lost it with Tom, though, that's for sure. If
1: he did take the captaincy off him, that would damage his confidence as well, wouldn't it? Yeah, wouldn't you ab- think? Absolutely. And he doesn't need that
0: right now? Absol- no, not at all. I don't, think, I don't think he'll lose the captaincy. I don't think Daryl's really thought about it. I think it's just a few fans, obviously seeing his performances and seeing how Rovers are doing and thinking, what can we change? We can't change any players because the transfer is not open. Let's try something else.
1: So we've got about, what, ooh, five or six weeks until the January transfer window opens. How much money do you think the owners are going to give to Daryl Clark to, and the board are going to give to Daryl Clark to, to spend and invest on what he needs to? And where do you think he needs to invest?
0: In terms of the money, you'd like to think you'd be given a little bit of a pot to spend. Obviously, they haven't got that much money, Rovers, and Daryl's spoken recently he doesn't know his budget yet for January. He hasn't spoken to the owners about that. Um, I'm sure that meeting will be coming up very soon because, like I say, we're only five weeks away now. And Daryl did also mention that perhaps players will leave to get players in, um, whether that's them leaving for a fee or just to get them off the wage, but I don't know. Um, In terms of where they need to strengthen, um, I think a defensive midfielder would be great. They played on Saturday with four central midfielders, four very similar players in the middle with... Ollie Clark, Sinclair, uh, Lines and Liam circum mm. They're all central midfielders. So say,
1: who was out wide?
0: Well, they were the midfield four. So I think Circum basically played on the left and Sinclair played on the right. Neither of them are natural wingers. As I
1: say, is it square, pegs in round holes? Yeah, there?
0: I think so. I think so. And, and Daryl said at the end of the transfer window in the summer that he missed out on one or two. So I wouldn't mind betting that maybe that was a winger, maybe a defensive midfielder. Um, so they certainly need to strengthen there. And if they can, I think they could do with a experienced centre-back. Um, maybe something in their early 30s, a few League 1 and League 2 appearances behind them. But, I mean, that's easier said than done in January, mm. isn't it?
1: Oh, yeah, it's not the easy, it's not as easy. Well, no transfer window is easy, but the January transfer window is probably the trickiest. Realistically, in terms of money, you said he'll probably be given a pot. In your opinion, how much do you think he'll be given, uh, roughly? I know that's a really hard question. You might not have the answer, but fans will want to know, is this going to be a substantial amount that will actually make a difference to this squad? Yeah,
0: okay. It's exactly what fans want to know, isn't it? They, I know Rovers obviously paid somewhere in the region of three twenty, three thirty thousand for nickels in the summer um, and invested quite heavily in those eight players that came into the first team in the summer. Whether there'll be a similar pot again, I don't know, about half a million, maybe. Um, I really don't know. Obviously it's something we'll be asking Daryl Clark over the next few weeks, as and when he has that meeting with the owners. Um, I don't think at the moment he knows.
1: Talking of money and investment, uh, last time you said the latest on the stadium redevelopment was just that the planning permission was yet to go through uh, for the training round and and things like that. What's going on? Any more developments or still nothing?
0: No, not really. No developments. Um, Daryl Clark came out this week, I'm sure most people have seen, and said that Rovers are 30 years behind the time in terms of their infrastructure and all the fans have basically agreed with him. It's hard to argue um, when he talks about their training facilities, the under-21s are training on a council pitch. The under-18s training on a pitch that he says is underwater. Um, it's not really ideal conditions for a League no. One club. And I know I go to their training ground quite regularly. The pitch is a top quality up there, but it's not a first-class training facility yeah. at all. Um, and the it's really there, not. You
1: look at the pavilion and the, the dressing rooms, it's, it's. you know, I don't know what level you'd call it. But, I mean, I go to... Obviously, Premier League grounds are different, but you look at somewhere like Southampton and what they've done from being in League One... It is phenomenal down there. How far are Rovers off getting something like that?
0: Yeah, well, that's the big question, isn't it? You, you don't even have to look at Southampton. You look at the teams that Daryl mentioned the other week. Fleetwood have had £7 million for yep. our new training complex. They were in the Conference North a few years ago. Yeah, um, Bury, as well, are training on Man City's old training ground. So mm. they've got good facilities. Yeah, it's going to be tough for Rovers to get that through. Obviously, there is a delay with the training Why
1: ground. Why is
0: the, the delay? We don't know. That's the big, that's the big question at the moment. Right. We have... Uh, Requested interviews with the board. Um, I've requested numerous times over the past few weeks, and at the moment, nobody's available for interview. Um, I know other media outlets, BBC, um, people like that, are also chasing the board, um, and being told the same as me, basically, that at the moment, there's nobody available for interview.
1: So we don't know if it's a board hold up, a club hold up, or a council hold up.
0: No, no, not at the moment. We're uh, we're waiting to hear from somebody on the board, and hopefully. Uh, we'll be able to bring you a, yeah an interview with them as soon as they get back to us, basically. We're, we're ready to talk as soon as they are.
1: And we'll definitely get that in the podcast as soon as we can. And obviously on the Bristol Post website and in the paper. And now, there is another Daryl Clark. Can we just talk about this? Because I feel like we've been really negative today. But, you know, that is the sort of, I guess, the atmosphere around the club. But this is just the little gem that you found on social media, Jack.
0: Yeah, well, he's pretty well known to Rovers fans now, Daryl Clark. He's the... Let me get this right, I think he's the President of Philadelphia City Council, something like that. Um, so random. Yeah, yeah, he's a politician in the States and uh, on Twitter he's at Daryl underscore Clark. Obviously Daryl Clark, the Rovers manager, isn't on Twitter. Um, Don't
1: blame him. <laughs> but
0: no, exactly, exactly. Um, can you imagine? And um, a lot of Rovers fans found this guy a few years back and he's interacted with fans before. And this week he picked up on one of our Bristol Post articles, put the headline out, and you know, said, Stay strong, Daryl, from one DC to another. Oh. There is support from all around the world, and obviously a bit of a quirky one. So, uh, yeah, fun to see.
1: That's great, yeah. We'll have to get him over for a Rovers game. Do you think, do you think he come over to the Mem on a wet Tuesday evening in oh, February? <laughs> can you imagine? Not quite
0: Philadelphia, is it?
1: But there are positives around the club at the moment. Billy Bowden is back, and that is a huge boost, isn't
0: it? Yeah, absolutely. It was good to see him back on the bench on Saturday. He came on probably a lot earlier than Daryl would have been expecting with the mm. losing. He brought him on at half time. Speaking to Bowden after the match as well, he said that he didn't necessarily think he was match fit, but he went on and he felt pretty good. So he says he expects 45 minutes again at Blackburn. I wouldn't be surprised to see him start. just say,
1: we might start mining. Yeah,
0: be. I'd have thought so. As long as he comes through training all right this week. So the quicker Rovers can get him back, the better it is. He's a top scorer. He's the most creative player. He offers them width. He offers them a bit more space as well because teams are so worried about him. They double up on him and it leaves space for people like Harrison and Gaffney and Nichols to exploit. So
1: And he can just inject that little spark into a game, can't he, with a moment of magic? Yeah,
0: absolutely. That's it. Rovers have got plenty of good players and and really good players on form in midfield when they want to be it's just that Bodin is that little spark and out of nowhere he can create a goal or a chance Mm -hmm. or a little bit of skill and uh, that's what you need when you're playing teams in this league that are all very very similar
1: and even though the form book isn't great this isn't a club in crisis or anything like that it's just a bad patch of form and they've got a man at the helm in Daryl Clark that is here for the foreseeable
0: yeah absolutely I mean I've only been following the club for seven or eight months now, but, you know, I speak to a lot of fans that have been following them for seven or eight years, et cetera, more, 20, 30 years. And even those with short memories will remind you they were in the conference three years ago, yes, playing yeah. Alfredson and Braintree away uh, in front of crowds of like a thousand, you know, all-terrace stadiums. And they've come on, you know, a million miles since then to be playing the likes of Bradford, Wigan, Blackburn. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, you've got to remember things are on even keel. Daryl Clark has come out and said he's staying with the club, which can only be good news given his record and all that he's given to the club. So, terrible form, that's for sure. (laughs) No getting
1: away from that, as we've definitely discussed.
0: Eight losses in nine, and it's not good enough, but there are still plenty of reasons to stay positive and... You know, there's no real threat of relegation yet. There's no threat of Daryl walking out yet. There's no threat of players leaving yet. So, there's still plenty of positives, and I think it's only going to take one or two wins, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Well, let's hope that in a couple of weeks' time, when we record the next podcast, that we will be speaking about a couple of wins. Fingers crossed.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Jack. Cheers. Gassing out loud.